This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Parshas Vayishev 5782, guys. We're going to have an awesome share today about birthdays. We're going to wonder why people celebrate birthdays and why some people don't celebrate birthdays, why people are so angry. Truth is, it's a good day for it, right? Thanksgiving, some people celebrate Thanksgiving and some people don't. It's a good day for something like that. Parak Mem, Pasik Chaf, in this week's Parsha. Vayibayom HaShlishi was the third day since the dreams had happened. Yom Hu Ledes is Paro. Similarly, that means it's the birthday of Paro. Vayas Mishra Lechol Avadav, he made a feast for all of his servants. Vayisa is Rosh Saramashkin, he lifted the head of the butler, Vas Rosh Saraofim, and of the chief baker, Vesoch Avadav, among all of his servants, meaning he counted them and he said, okay, let's decide what we're going to do with these people. So Rosh says this is Paro's birthday. The Medrash calls it Yom Genusia. Rosh says Yom Genusia is a birthday. Now Targum says the word Genusia means the day he received his lineage, which similarly means the day he was born or the day that he was named king. It could be either one. Onkelos kind of leaves it kind of like in the middle of nowhere. It doesn't translate anything directly. Huledes means a child was born from others. Like a Miyaledes helps somebody else give birth to a child. So to Huledes means someone else was born. It seems that this is actually a machlogs between the Yerushalmi and the Babli. In Yerushalmi, Avodah Parak Aleph it seems that it's the same day. Yom Genusia is the birthday. There is no difference between Yom Genusia and the birthday. It's all the exact same thing. And the other, one may wonder, the Babli in Avodah Zarah Aleph, it says there are two different days. Yom Genusia is Coronation Day. They used to celebrate that because it was awesome because they had his coronation, they made him king. And then the birthday itself. So one might wonder why Rashi went with Yerushalmi over the Bavli. Again, the Bavli says it's two separate days. Yom Genusia and Yom Uledis are different things. The Yerushalmi says the same thing. You might, argue, you might wonder what that is. But the Mizrahi says Leda is called Yenashia in Greek. I don't know where that word comes from, but it's called Yenashia. And Yud and Gimel are interchangeable. And their Shin is actually a Samach. So Genusia makes a little bit more sense to say that it's birthday. And that's why the Mizrahi says that Rashi went with it because he knew that the Greek word fits. Moscow Dove says it's possible that Yom Genusia only meant something else after the Romans took over. Beforehand, it was the same thing. So in the times of Paro, Yom Genusia was the birthday. But when the Romans came, they made a coronation day and a birthday. The Verbasada suggests that they would look for the king's Yichos and find out when he was born when they wanted to make him king. It could be that if you were born the son of a king, they already knew it and they already celebrated birthdays because they knew that he had the yichus to become king later. But the Torah to me kind of puts everything together here. He says, I, I, so I, I'm going to give a, a quiet time out over here. I'm not sure if this is true. I'm not an expert in Roman history. And the Torah to is giving us a claim that he says is true by Roman history. I don't know if this is true, and it seems a little strange to me, but he says the Romans would have different Caesars, and it would not matter if you were the son of the previous king. Even if you weren't the son of the previous king, you would still become Caesar. And I know that happened. I just always thought that it did go. Like, for example, if we wanted to give like something simple, well, Titus and Domitian were both the sons of Vespasian. And both of them became Caesars. Titus became Caesar first, and then came Domitian after Vespasian. I think they did have children that became kings, but he says that they didn't do that. And therefore, they would celebrate their birthday 
and their coronation day because both were important, the day of your birth and the coronation. By other places, the king was automatically the next child. And if that's true, then you didn't have to celebrate a coronation day. You only had a birthday. Your birthday was technically your coronation day. As soon as you were born, you were the next in line to become king. So that's what he says. I'm not sure if this is true or not. And therefore, Rashi, by the times of Paro, would have assumed, like the Ushalmi, the Yom Ginosi and the birthday are the same thing. By the Romans, they're not. And the Gemara Navodazara and Bavli, Yodam and Aleph, it's not. I, I, I really, I, I'm just not so sure if that's true or not. But the Torah Timima says it, so it sounds right. It's just, we're going to have to go with that. The Balitos said every year, Paro would make a party on this day celebrating his birthday. We do not know what day it was, although we'll see. We may have an idea, right? But seemingly, right, he would make it on his birthday. Then it Siv says, it was just a day that Paro wanted to make his people happy. He was super happy with the people. He wanted everybody to know how happy he was. He wanted to celebrate with all the people around him. That's why he needed his chief butler and his chief baker to make them happy with him. But according to the Bali, another section of the Bali Tosos, it was Rosh Hashanah. Paro's birthday was on Rosh Hashanah. And the two went in together. Later on, when we have the 22 years are up and Yosef Etzadah comes out of jail, etc. I shouldn't say 22 years, but the amount of years that Yosef spent in jail, the 12 years that he spent in jail were up. Then he came out. It was exactly 12 years later that Yosef would be released from jail on his birthday. Two years after this is when he was going to be released. But you had something. It was on his birthday itself, which is Rosh Hashanah. The Rabbeinu Bechaya says it was not... A birthday. It was the day of a birth. Now, that's interesting, right? It wasn't Paro's birthday. His son was born on that day. Look at the wording. Yom who led us as Paro, the day that they gave birth to Paro. There is no birthday in the Torah. There's nothing about a birthday. It's the day that he was actually give birth, given birth. And he was called Paro, just like his father. The same way we have Avimelech by the Plishim. We have certain names by other places, like uh, the king of Amalek seems to have some one certain name that goes through for Agag in some way, shape, or form. It seems that they all had certain names. So maybe that's the idea behind it. Their custom was to make a massive feast on the the day that the king was born, and that's what happened over here. Sefer Yasher says the same. It was the future king that was born on that day. For those who are really into their Gemaras, if you know Moed Katmir Chesamanalf with the really short king, the foot and a half king, you know what I'm talking about? He's only a foot and a half tall. If you know that Gemara, Moed Katmir Chesamanalf, Yir Chesamanalf, I think it is. This is the king that was born. The really, really, really short one. The foot and a half one, right? So he was the one that was born on that day. That's the Rabbin of Achaya. The Seichel Tov, Medrash Seichel Tov, says this was the day when you finish a full year of life. Certainly sounds like a birthday, right? And it was celebrated that they lived out that year. And every year, people make a feast thanking their God that they were able to live out the year. Certainly sounds like a birthday celebration, right? A real birthday celebration. The Midrash Chemda says the exact same thing. But the Midrash Seichotov seems to say very, very straightforward that they kept birthdays. In fact, if you look it up, it's really more direct in Hebrew than it is in English. But it's very, very, it seems that it's ex- really exactly a birthday itself. Now, the Adaris wrote in his Sefer Nefesh David that he was always upset when people would wish him a bracha on his birthday. They go up to him, wish him a happy birthday, say you should live another year. He was upset because the only person we find in Tanakh celebrating a birthday is Paro. That's the only person. 
So we never see a birthday in any other place. So therefore, it seems that that's not a good thing to do. He also mentioned the Rabbi Yosef made a yomtif for the Rabbanon on his 60th birthday because on that day he could no longer receive kares l'shanim. You can't get kares past the age of 60 for shanim. You can get kares to yumi, but you can't get kares to shanim. And that's based on moed katan chav chasim et It sounds like Rabbi Yosef only made a birthday on his 60th birthday, but never before that. And that's that. When people ask Rechaim Knievsky if there was a minute to have a meal on their birthday to celebrate their birthday, he said minag paro. That was the wording that he used. Minag paro. Certainly sounds like you shouldn't do it. Yushalmi Rosh Hashanah Paragimel says all mechashvin, all magicians believed that on your birthday there was a day of mazel. You had a certain amount of mazel, luck, so to speak, from Shemaim, something that was awesome for you, and therefore they celebrated it as a day where things would go well. This is the Makor. It's Rosh Hashanah Paragimel Hawachachas. It says a Malik made sure that the people who went to war to fight B'nai Yisrael were people whose birthdays were on that day. Because a Malik held that anybody who fights on their birthday will not die. Since they were saved from the womb, however many years ago, like I'm 42 years old, so 42 years ago, I would have been saved from the womb on my birthday. Therefore, on that birthday, later on, nothing can happen to me. There's nothing bad that can happen to me. I won't die in a war. I won't die in a car crash. I won't die in anything. That's what Amalek held. Now, he says, that might be true, says Yerushalmi. And that's the reason why B'nai Yisrael were worried about the fight against Amalek. And they could only be Vayakalosh. They could only weaken Amalek, but they couldn't defeat them. He says, however, that may only be by non-Jews, by Goyim. By Jews, ain mazol Yisrael. And therefore, it's possible that, it's possible, that's the Gemara Shabbos, Kufnun, Vavam, and Aleph, that we could die on the day that we were born. In fact, we see that Sadiqim die on the day they were born, like Moshe Rabbeinu, as we know of, Yaakov Avinu, Avram Avinu, Yitzchak Avinu. We see certain people that happen. As it says, as Misparia Mecha Amale, that's Shmos Chav Gimel Chavav. And it says in Roshani Yud Aleph and Aleph, it may be a good day for them. Maybe it's because Betoikif Mazalosam. Maybe there is some sort of mazel, but we don't know. We have absolutely no idea. Rev Gamliel Rabinowitz was quoted by a sefer that was put out about Rav Chaim Knievsky and Bereshis. Rav Rabinowitz still lives a life, still in Yerushalayim today, said there definitely is an Indian of these gabrus hamazel, where your mazel is stronger on this day. And it seems that Rav Chaim is masking to that, but nonetheless, the only person who celebrated that was Paro. And that's how Rav Chaim held. And I, I think, I don't know, but there are many, many people in Bnei Brak, the people that I have spoken to that live in Bnei Brak, they all do not hold of birthdays because Rav Chaim Knievsky says you shouldn't hold of birthdays. They all go with that. Even if there is Yiskabrus Amazel, you got more Mazel, and it's possible you won't die on that day, not in a bad way, only in a good way. It's possible that they wouldn't celebrate because of this. Now, Tom Bedas, Rav Sternbach, Rav Moshe Sternbach, points out that we never see Jewish people celebrate their birthdays. Apparently, they haven't been to my house. So, but they never saw somebody celebrate their birthdays, so it seems we don't do it that way. In fact, he does bring, he says, the Chassam Sofer used to tell people to celebrate their bris day, the day they would get their bris mila. And obviously, that wouldn't apply by women, I don't think, right? But their bris day they would celebrate, but not their actual birthdays. Why? Listen to this. 
Mutav Shalonivra Mishanivra. The Gemara tells us it's better to have never been created than to have been created. Now that we're created, okay, we have to do mitzvahs and we have to do great things, but it would have been better for us not to have been born. She says it's better to have not been born, so therefore we don't do it. Paro celebrated his birthday while Avram Avinu celebrated the day that he gave his son a bris milah. Biom Higamel Es Yitzchak Hey Gimel Mol. When he gave the eighth day of the bris milah, when he gave that bris milah, that's when he celebrated it. That seems to be the difference between them, and that's how he understood it. That's where Shrembo, yeah. He celebrated the day he gave his son a bris milah, but not himself? No, well, I don't know. You know, that's a funny thing, actually. I don't know if, Par- if um, um, Avram Binu ever celebrated the day he gave his own bris milah, and maybe it was the same day that Yitzchak, but the first person to get a bris milah on the proper day. Do you get what I'm saying? Because Yishmael got it at 14. He got it at 99. Eliezer, we have no idea how old he was. But the only person, the first person to have gotten on the eighth day was Yitzchak. And that we see a party for. Although some say Yigamel is when he actually got weaned. Maybe it was two years from his bris. I don't know. But either way, that's the idea behind it. And that's the idea. Now, the truth is, this is not the Chassam Sofer's Chiddush. Where he says is because Mutav Shalom Nivra Mishnivra. In the Sefer Divrei Torah, right? Madura Hey, Os Peiches. The Mincha Salazar of Munkach says he never heard of the Minog of celebrating birthdays in Klal Yisrael, and therefore the, Munkach, the Mincha Salazar says it should not be done. should not be done, the Rebbe Munkach. But that is only for Klal Yisrael. He says by non-Jews, says the, Munkach, the Rebbe Munkach, it's much easier for them to accomplish Shev Mitzvah Ben Yoloch. It's good for them to be born. By us, it's better to not be born because I have to do 613 things. By non-Jews, it's so easy. It's better for them to have been born. For them, they should celebrate birthdays because they should be happy that they're alive because they're able to accomplish things so much easier than it is for us. Is that unbelievable? It's better for us Jews to have never been born. It's better for the non-Jews to have been born, he says, because again, they would be able to do certain things that were super easy by them, and that's that. So non-Jews should celebrate their birthdays. Jews should not. That's the idea behind it. That's absolutely awesome. That's amazing, right? The Prima Gadim in his Psicha Kolels and Chel Gimel Simen Chavtas says he never heard anyone make a big deal out of their 70th birthday and instead use that day to do tshuva and do ispotidus. Now, to be fair, in the times of the Prima Gadim, the amount of people that lived to the age of 70 were very few in number. I think the average age, age life expectancy was probably around 35 at the times. So I'm not sure that that was the greatest of all riots. But if somebody did reach the age of 70. I'm sure they celebrated every single day that they were over the age of 70. I would imagine that that was true. However, he gives us this idea. They still did. He spoted us. They did Shuba one time. He came to his grandfather's home on the 18th of Tammuz and he saw him crying quite a bit. He said, this is when his mother went through Hevle Leda. My mother went through Hevle Leda because of me. Meaning he was born on that day. Meaning my, my mother went through a crazy amount of pain to give birth to me years ago. And he felt terrible that such a thing happened because of him. And therefore he cried and did tshuva on the day that he was born because of the pain he caused his mother. Yeah, that happens at every birthday party, right? At every birthday party, you ask your mom for forgiveness for having that amount of pain. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. I'm sure I would get a better present that way if I did that. That would be a much, much better present. It, I will tell you, in the Sefer Minhagich Chsam Sofer, and I know, I realize, I just quoted the Chsam Sofer by Rav Sternbach, but the Chsam Sofer, Minhagich Chsam Sofer, Perek Zayin, Os Yudalit, he says he would finish the Chumash with his Talmidim on Zayin Tishrei, 
all the Chumash because that was his birthday. Now remember, guys, that means he finished Shnayim Mikra Vechatargum. I assume, meaning he finished Shnayim Mikra before, I, I, I guess, maybe he went through all of Chumash from Bracious all the way until the end. I, I don't know, but I assume it means Shnayim Mikra Vechatargum. That was his birthday. And they would give every one of the students a little bit of money to buy a snack for themselves. So he would give presents on his birthday to other people. That's like Bilbo Baggins and like the Hobbit. And Hobbits, their minig is to give presents to others on their birthday. So apparently the Hobbits got that minhug from the Chassam Sofer. So if anybody had a question where J.R.R. Tolkien got it from, this is it. It's the Chassam Sofer that he got it from. In the Sefer Chut HaMeshulish, page 267, it says the Ksav Sofer, that's Rav Avram Sofer, Rav Avram Schreiber, the son of the Chassam Sofer, so he would finish a Mesechta on his birthday every single year. He would make a Siyam and they would celebrate at that Siyam every single year. And Shalz Tshuva's Ginzi Yosef, that's easy for like Rechaim Kinyaski, I don't understand. He makes a Siyam every day. <laughs> that would be easy enough that on his birthday he would go ahead and make a Siyam and just celebrate that. But I guess even that. In Shalz Tshuva's Ginzi Yosef, of Simendalit Os Bays. It says he knew people who would try to make a Shechianu on a new fruit or a new piece of clothing every year on their birthday, thinking it was the right thing to do, to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for being able to live another year longer. And that seems like a nice thing, to be able to make a Shechianu on something else, not obviously on your birthday, but on something else. You get a brand new fruit, a brand new piece of clothing. The Otsar Plos Torah, who is, he's got a wealth of information on this. He mentions quite a few minhagim of some gedolim, what they would do on the, their birthday. So, for example, Rav Yudetzvi of Stratton would get an aliyah on his birthday. If it didn't come out on a Monday, Thursday, I don't think he would force, force it in. <laughs> I don't think he would take out a safe return just for that. The Divri Echeskel of Shinov would daven for the Amud on his birthday. Daven for the Amud. Now, they say in the name of the Baal Shem Tev that the day of your birthday, you should say the capital of Tehillim that is equal to the number of your age. So, for example, my last birthday, 42, I would say Mizmor Membez. Although... There's a question whether Aleph and Bays are together, so I probably would do Mem Aleph and Mem Bays. I would do Mem Aleph and Mem Bays for my 42nd, etc. As I would be Mem Bays and Mem Gimel. Mem Bays and Mem Gimel, right? Because one after, because Aleph and Bays might be together. So either way, regardless, that would be something to do to make a, a, a Tehillim, that number of Tehillim. Rechaim Palagi said it was good to give a lot of tzedakah on your birthday, saying that you, have, you should have many more years berevach so that you could do more mitzvahs, so you'll have extra things to do. Rabbi Rachmiel Moshe of Kuznets would have a large meal with his kihila on the birthday of his holy sons. Not on his own, it says, but on his holy sons. He would make it for them and he would do that. The Beni Shchai, this is unbelievable, in Halachos, Shona Rishona, Parshas Re'eh, now, I want to say a time out over here. I did look up a lot of farm for this, but I knew this one because I had done it before. The Ben Ishkai in Parshish says that some of the custom to make their birthday a holiday every year. He's saying this in his halachos. They make their birthday into a holiday every year, not just their bar mitzvah year, he says, but every single year because it is a simen yafeh. A simen yafeh sounds like good mazel, right? Like the Yushami and Yushami Roshana said before. And this was the minig in their household. The Ben Ishchai would celebrate his birthday along with his children in his household. He says there were others who would celebrate the day they received their bris milah. And although I don't have that minig, says the Ben Ishchai, I don't have that minig, that seemed to be a nice thing to do. He even composed a tefillah to say on your birthday. If you want to look it up, it's in there. It's in Ben Ishchai Halachos in Parshas Re'eh Os Yud Zion, Shana Rishona. In the first year, there's two years in the Ben Ishchai Halachos. In Shana Rishona, in Os Yud Zion, he has an entire tefillah, I think that's actually an Osir Ches, of what you're supposed to say. Now, Revelio Lopian, 
he used to say in the name of Mekubalim, this day was mesugal for your tefillos to be accepted. And he brought a Pusik in Tehillim. Perak Bez, it says, Beniato, you are my son, says Hashem. Ani hayom yiladeticha, today I gave birth to you. Sha'al mimeni ve'atena. Ask me and I will give you whatever you want. It sounds like you can ask for a gift on your birthday. Now, granted, I am stopping in the middle of a sentence. The rest of the Pasuk, I will give nations as your inheritance. If that's your wish, that's an awesome wish. Give me Cuba. That would be a nice thing to ask for. And who knows, maybe you'll actually get it. But that's the idea behind it. And I've heard this in many different places. That it's from this Parak and Tail and Parak Bays that says, ask me and I will give it to you based on this line. And Revelio Lopian says, that makes sense. That's what they would do. Rechaim Knievsky once told Revelio Mun on the 15th of Teves. 15th of Teves, that that was his bar mitzvah day. He said it was his bar mitzvah day. Notice that? So Rav Mun asked Rav Aaron Leib Steinman and said, why didn't Rechaim Kiyavsky just say it was his birthday? Why didn't he say that? He's not making a party. He didn't hold a party. He's fine, minig paro. But why didn't he just say it's his birthday? Why wouldn't it be a bar mitzvah day? So Rav Aaron Leib Steinman answered that Rechaim only talks about Torah and mitzvahs. He doesn't talk about anything else. When you're born, there are no mitzvahs to accomplish, right? Even bris milah is not on you. When you're a bar mitzvah, you have the ability to do mitzvahs for the very first time, for real. So therefore, he said, not my birthday, because there's nothing to do with the birthday, rather than bar mitzvah day. As a timeout, I can tell you, there are amazing things Rokhan Knievsky is able to do, and I have experience with one of them. One of the things is, when I went to go get a bracha before my wedding, I went to Rokhan Knievsky, I had somebody take me in, and as I brought in, I was 21 years old, I was a little kid, right? And I went inside... And he asked me when I'm, getting, when I'm, when I'm having my birthday, etc. It was on Cholomoid Sukkis. And I brought in a little piece of paper with me, right, that had on it the name of someone who needed a refuah. So as he finished, and he, gave me, he was about to give me a bracha, he saw the piece of paper and he said, when did you write this? In Hebrew, obviously. When did you write this? And I said, about five minutes ago. Right? She said, Asur Lechtov V'cholomoid. It's Asur to write on Cholomoid. So I was like, thinking that I'm like a smart 21-year-old. You know, like you've been to Eric Tisrael for like a year and a half, so you think you're the most brilliant kid of all time. You're like, I thought that this was for a tzorech refuah, and you're allowed to write for a tzorech. So he threw my hand down on the shender. He looked at me in the eye and he says, screamed at me, screams at me, right? So I went to the bathroom right then and there. That was the scariest moment in my life. I've never been scared more in my life, right? And then finally, the person who was with me was like, but he needs a bracha for his wedding. So he was like, oh, bracha v'atzlacha. It was before buha days, you know what I'm saying? So he gave me like the bracha v'atzlacha. It's like I went out, I'm like, white, like completely white. Mayor Zlatowicz was there from, from Art Scroll. I, I, there's no way I, he would remember this. But Zlatowicz was there. He saw me and he said, did you write something down? <laughs> like he saw my face. He said, you wrote something down? I'm like, yeah. He's like, don't worry, I did it before as well. And I know he was lying because he's, you know, a smart rabbi and knows not to do that. But he made me feel a little bit better. The person told me to go back because he was worried that I didn't really get a bracha from Mechaim. And he's right. He pretty much cursed me out. So I, I, I said, all right, I'm going to go back. So right after Cholomod was over, it was still Ben Azmanim. So one day, a day and a half after, after Sukkot was over, I went back to Rechaim and I went in. Same thing, right? Walked inside and I went in and Rechaim said everything to me. I was so afraid he was going to remember me and be like, oh, Cholomod guy. I so thought he was going to do that, but he didn't. He didn't recognize anything. And I told him the wedding date. 
didn't recognize anything. Gave me a bracha about sacha, and it was good. It was nice. Not again, not buha style, but it was like it was nice, right? And after that, I was I was shocked. So I said I said to Ravelia Mun years later. This is maybe five years later. I told him the story, and I said, "How did Rav Chaim not remember me?" From three days, four days earlier, how could he not remember me and have said, like, just everything seemed, like, totally normal? Valiaman told me the craziest thing. Rechaim Kniaski, before he goes to sleep every single night, he davens that he should forget anything that had nothing to do with Torah. So I clearly have nothing to do with Torah. So he davened to forget me. And he clearly forgot me. He had nothing to do with me. Otherwise, he is the nicest person in the world. And I have no doubt, but he did scream at me <laughs> on Cholamoy publicly. So either way, it, it, there's something, right, that has to do with this. So I, I, I do agree with this in this way. If it doesn't have to do with mitzvahs and Torah. There's no way that Rechan Kanyaski has any shaykhs to it. There is a special chashivus and something extra simcha to do something when you turn either 50, that's mentioned by the Ksav Sofer, who made a siyam apsacham that day, 60, the Gemara Moed Katan that we mentioned up above, the Leket Yosher and Yordech of page Mem, and the Shalos Shuz Beis Yisrael Orachayim Lamed Beis. When he turns 70, he's from the Chavos Yoyer and Simon Ayin, and Hachafetz Chaim Chaim Apolov, which we'll quote in a second, page 312, and when you turn 80, and the same Beis Yisrael that was up above. In fact, the Piskei Chuvos in Simon Simon Reishchaf Gimel number 50 quotes the Sefer Mishnas Yaakov, that the Chafetz Chaim made a Shechianu when he turned 70. He made a Shechianu on that day that he turned 70. Not only that, but he invited the Panovich Rav and Rochanan Wasserman, the two great Talmudim of the Chafetz Chaim, Panovich Rav and Rochanan Wasserman, to have Mizonos and whiskey with them so he can make a Shechianu on a new fruit in front of them when he turned 70. That's in a Chafetz Chaim, the Chayiv of Poa Love. The Chavazer would also make a Shechianu, and the Prima Gadim wonders if you should make a Shechianu on it. It's a Shiloh whether you should or not, but the Chafetz Chaim apparently did it, and we have two Edim Namanim, pretty good. Adim and Rabbi Hanan Wasserman and the Panovich Rav that he made a Shechianu on a new fruit at the age of 70. So if somebody does that, I think it's a good thing to do. In the Sefer Ginze Sharitzion, page 82, he says the Panovich Rav said the Chafetz Chaim once told him it was his birthday. It was a day of Tehillim and Tfilos and Bakashos and based on that Tehillim that we set up above, that that's what he told him. Clearly the Chafetz Chaim was Makshav his birthday. He was Makshav that day that he was born. The Stipler used to say that every day you live over the age of 70 is a bracha from Hashem. I had a Rebbe, Rebbe Hollander, Zatzal, who passed away a couple years ago, who would always put out sheets in the yeshiva. I was his Talmud for, he was my musmach, my musmach Rebbe. He taught me everything in smicha. But he was a Rebbe for some of the, he used to give out these sheets. And on all the sheets, there would be a number on the top right-hand corner. There was always a number. And every day, people would notice, it would go up, it would go up, it would go up. Nobody knew what it was. Finally, I had the guts to ask, because I had no shame, absolutely none, tremendous azus. And I said to him, what's the number? He said, it's the amount of days that I lived over the age of 70. Every day I want to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the next day that I live over 70. So he put a number on every sheet that he wrote to remind himself of how many days he lived over the age of 70. Is that amazing? He was still a Rebbe in Yeshiva until I think the age of 84, 85. I can't remember exactly. Can you imagine 15 years, 365 days that he put up there? That's absolutely unbelievable. Absolutely unreal. That's something there. Yeah, Shai. Because people didn't live that long, you're saying. 
it is. It's Baruch Hashem. It's like the most amazing thing in the world. Yeah. I still think, why? I, mean, I Honestly, I'm wondering, why don't we do that at the age of 40? Why not? Like, what's the problem? Even if it's normal for a person to live to the age of 40 and 50, shouldn't I think a Kodesh Baruch for an extra? Now, granted, we say... The reason why it's 70 is because Yemesh no Seinu Bahem Shivim Shana, which Moshe Rabbeinu wrote, it's in Tehillim, and we say it every Shabbos, right? Yemesh no Seinu Bahem Shivim Shana, it's the years, and that's why. So over 70 is almost like a gift. Vivigvuros, if you're super strong, you're 80 years old. So I guess that's the reason why, but I don't know why I don't do that. I really should. Like, I should have a number every, every day. That I'm, I don't, why, not over, why not just say all the days that I've been born for my entire life, right? Why not do that? It sounds like a great thing, but I guess it's a little much. You know, it's a little gaivetic if you like put it on and just like, oh, because I'm a tzaddik and I think that I have to thank Hashem for every day. I think that sounds a little weird. But 70, I'm okay with. 70, I'm totally okay with. Rabbi Yochanan of Tolano used to say from his grandfather, Rabbi Menachem of Tolano, that the great Yeshuos happened to be in Israel on birthdays. They would go through these great Yeshuas on different birthdays. Yosef Atzadik was released from jail on the birthday of Paro. That's when he was released, on the birthday of Paro. Mordecai and Esther caused Yeshua on the birthday of Moshe Rabbeinu and Zion Adar. He died on that day. He was born on that day. All because it's a day of Chesh ben Anethesh. And that's why it's an important day for a person to daven properly, and that's that. Now, I asked somebody, I heard the Raminacha Mendel Schneerson, the seventh Lubavitcher Rebbe, right, is, he wrote extensively about birthdays. So I asked the Rosh Shiva of the Lubavitch Masifti, or Rabbi Silberberg, Ravelio Nassim Silberberg, if he would tell me certain ideas from, from the Lubavitch Rebbe, what he wrote over here. He sent me a bunch of pages. So I kind of condensed it into a little bit, but listen to this. Again, he's the only Rav that I know that has written extensively about birthdays. We mentioned the Chavos Yair before, as a chuv on it. There's a few chuvas here and there, but nothing huge. In his Sicha 1988, he writes that one's birth should be considered a time when he was in danger and saved from it, which should be Require a bracha as any other miracle would. You should make a bracha. Normally, we'd make the bracha in a makom where this miracle happened. For example, if you had a miracle happen to you on Devon and McCormick, right, you were saved from a guy who was collecting tzedakah on the street and he was about to pull a gun on you and you were saved, you'd make a bracha every time you go to Devon and McCormick. That's a makom. But makom is equal to zman. It's equal to a time. And therefore, if you don't have a makom because you were born, then you should make the bracha at the zman. I was born in Weiss Memorial Hospital, if anybody knows that. That's on your way down uh, Lakeshore Drive. It's on the right-hand side as you pass by on Lakeshore Drive. Technically, I should make a bracha every time I see that ghetto, ghetto hospital. Because the fact that anybody was born in a hospital that ghetto-looking is absolutely amazing. It should be absolutely amazing. So it's not, it's no Northwestern University, you know what I'm saying, hospitals, no Evanston Hospital. It was, it literally looks like Section 8 housing. So I assume that I should make an actual bracha every time around, but we don't. But Zman should be. So therefore, when the time rolls around, we should make a bracha on the day that that miracle happened. Even if you say a bracha is unnecessary, says Lubavitcher Rabbi, even if you say a bracha is unnecessary for some things, of course, would you give Shevach Vodah, praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and thank Hashem with Simcha that he's alive on, on, on his birthday for every breath that he took up until that time, and thank Hashem for everything he's done for him from his birth up until that point. He then quotes the Midrash Seichel Tov that we mentioned above and goes through and says, see, the Medrash Seichel Tov says Jews celebrated birthdays. He then uses the Medrash about the war against Amalek to show that one's birthday is a time when everything comes back and renews itself. He says it's as if you're born again on your birthday. You're not just 42 years old. 
You're 42 and brand new on your birthday. It's a brand new time. It could be that his mazel above, so to speak, is how the Lubavitcher Rebbe puts it, brings about a certain amount of shefa on that day. It brings influence into the world. Something awesome. Something that we wouldn't expect otherwise, as it did when you were first born. And each year you're able to tap into that and you're able to bring it back to help you in your current situation with whatever you need, you can bring it back. We speak of the mazel. He says, I don't know. It refers to the mazel of the constellations or the mazel shaw. This is all based on a Gemara and Shabbos Kuf Vav that we mentioned up above, and there's a lot to it. There's certain things that you have that are based on your mazel, the hour that you were born, others that are born on the day that you were born, others in the certain month that you were born, and I don't know which one is which. It's called Shetzem Chanchal, Shabsoi Tzedek Madim, which is, you guys all know that, right? Saturn, Jupiter, Mars. Chanchal is Chama, Noga, Kochav, Levana, right? The sun, Venus, uh, Kochav is Mercury, and Levana, the moon. It's the five planets and the sun and the moon that you can see with the naked eye. And by the way, as if you want to go outside, we can't because it's super cloudy outside. But around this time, Jupiter is like right there in the middle of the sky. It's huge. It's a massive, massive, massive star. You can see it. And if you look a little bit further down, Saturn's right there. It's a little bit further down and a little bit to like, it looks a little down. Like here's Jupiter. Saturn would be right there. But it's still up in the sky. So you can still see it. Just it's super cloudy night, so I can't show it to you. But it was here as of last Thursday. So you should be okay. Should be able to see it. But either way, those are the seven that you have. Or we're dealing with the 12 constellations that go around. Or it's a combination of them both. He says there's something to deal with that. If this is how we understand birthdays, then it's likely that that's why we make such a big deal about a bar mitzvah and possibly even a bas mitzvah as well. He quotes it, even a bas mitzvah. I will tell you, the minig in most places in Klai Yisrael is not to have a bas mitzvah, is not to. But there are people that do, and I guess because of, in some form we wanted to do something equal for, for a girl, so they started bringing it about as well. But it was the minig for many, many years not to have anything as a bas mitzvah, and it was brought about later on at some point. Ramosha Feinstein has a tshuva on it, whether, you know, what a person could or should do by bas mitzvahs, what they have and what's it about. But it could be that's a big deal. At that moment in time, there may be a little bit of shefa that's brought into the world that helps them in their quest to do mitzvahs. That may explain the famous measures, I believe it's a Zohar, about Roshim Bar Yechai waiting for the neshama to come into his son, that on the day of Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Shimon's bar mitzvah, he was super happy. If you happy. And when people went up to him and said, why are you so happy? It's just a bar mitzvah, so to speak. Right? Roshim Bar Yechai said, my son is going to get an extra special neshama on that day. And on that day, something happened. A fire came down from the heavens and came into the house and they knew the Rabbi Yolosim Roshim got a special neshama on that day. Something more special. It's as if to say what I got from that medrash is from that technically from that, I think it was Zohar, from that idea is that Roshim Bar Yechai knew Every year this happens. Just when you turn 13 or 12, it's more so, greater, more powerful than it ever was before. Maybe that's what he saw over there, strengthening him. And he, he was awesome, thanks to the intervention with Elio and Avi that happened later on. Rabbi Yudah Asad spoke on the birthday of his king in 1849. I tried figuring out who's, who the king was. I couldn't figure it out exactly. I had to take like guesses. It might have been King Ferdinand III. But I, I don't know if I'm exactly correct, and I'm not good at this stuff because I don't like looking things up because I'm lazy. Saying that this has been a custom for many years for kings to celebrate their birthday and make that day into a chag. And it's fitting for us, he says, to honor that day because Chazal say in Avos, Per Gimel Mishnah Beis, that if not for our fear of the king, the world would not be able to continue. And therefore, we will fear our king. It's an honor to have been asked 
by the king to do this, to honor the king, and they celebrated by everybody going into Shoal and having a special day of tefillah for the king of their nation. He says, but we should do this even without the king asking us to do it, because since it's the minig of them to do so, we should continue to do it, and he will respond in kind. That means the king will respond in kind. But there's another aspect of honoring the king on his birthday, he says, that I, I should mention. Our fear and awe of our kings will lead to, or help us have a fear and awe of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Shemayim, the Melech Malchi Amlachim. If I am in awe of a king, I will be in awe of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Today, nowadays, we don't have those kings of yore. We don't have the same ability to have those kings and do everything that they used to do. So it's very difficult to honor the true king. I mean, I, I hate to say it this way, but President Biden is not striking fear in most people's hearts unless that person is 95, right? That's not going to happen. President Trump did not strike fear in, in the heart of anybody except for like natural hair. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it wasn't like there was, there, there wasn't much fear when you had, when you saw them and you could see people made fun of them all the time. And nothing happens to them. But if you would make fun of a real king, if there would be a, 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 a late night talk show host that goes on and says, let me tell you about Saddam Hussein, he'd be dead before he finished the sentence. Dead. Because that's a real king. Granted, horrible king, but that was a real king. Gaddafi, King Jong-un, right? Scary, really ugly kings. But nonetheless, real kings that are around there. And we lose our awe and fear of a Baruch because of that. Because if I can make fun of the president, the, the king of the real world, right? As much as France wishes they got into this, they got nothing, right? The real king of the world, when it comes to this, and the power of the entire world, and we can make fun of him. We can make fun of him. How are we supposed to have Yira, awe of a Baruch How is that supposed to happen? Says Rabbi Yudasad, that's why it's so important to treat the birthday of the king as something of a holiday for the nation, he says. We should take off work. We should go to show. We should go ahead and say tfilos for the king because of that. I don't know. But regardless, right, I, I would say at least a Republican president we should do and go ahead and do such a thing. I'm joking. But, and political. But I, I, that, that at least we should be able to do such a thing. It, to sit in shoal silently and talk about his greatness, we should do that at least on the birthday. That's Rabbi Yudha Saad. It's a beautiful piece. It's really a beautiful piece. So Rashi says that what, our last thing over here, raising the head of these two officers meant that he counted among all the other officers, deciding who would be serving him at this meal, and he looked at both of their offenses another time to see, do they really deserve to be in jail, or should I take them out of jail? The chief butler and the chief baker. And that's what he was doing. He was wanting to see if they were deserving of a pardon. We talked about the Beni Shchai a couple years ago, if anybody remembers, that talks about how what their real offense was. It was a fake, the whole fly in the wine and a stone in the bread. That was all a fake. It was all a ruse. The real sin was something else entirely. We talked about that a couple years ago, and that should be incentive for you to go to find, on, find it online and go see what exactly we talked about. But that is an awesome, awesome thing. But in the end, the butler was declared innocent and allowed to come back, and the baker, as we all know, the chief baker, he was fated to die. And that's what happened. The Abarbanel says once Paro decided he was going to have this party, they investigated these two cases to see if they could be put back in their post because they didn't have someone to take over their positions. Even though they had been judged already, the Malbum talks about this, it's possible that something was overlooked and missed, so they went through it again. Now, that, by the way, is an unbelievable thing. Can you imagine the DA, the district attorney, looking over a case a second time to see if maybe they missed something? I, I don't know. I mean, I guess they do a lot of 
good work before they throw somebody in jail. I think back then they kind of just threw you in jail, <laughs> didn't really pay attention. Maybe the second time around they were like, maybe we should pay attention to this. Let's check DNA stuff or whatever it is. I don't know, maybe. Maybe they did that. Either way, they looked at it again and they figured it out. We're going to end with this. The Rabbeinu Bachaya says that this Parsha teaches us a tremendous lesson about scharva onish, reward and punishment. In the end, we will all have to give a reckoning of our past and everything that we've done in this world in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, our job is to continuously ask Hashem for everything we can and be careful not to anger with Him. Because the truth is, as we've been saying, you don't fool around with a king. And that's the true lesson. Have a good Shabbos, everybody. should be good.